And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsi, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 98 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Brian. Hey, everybody. Hey. Howdy. How's it going? It's going. Hey. It's going. I've slept this week. Good. Yeah. 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 So, better. I, I haven't. Yeah, I was about to say, I have not. So, brag a little, why don't you? After last week, you bet your ass I will. <laughs> nice. I slept, I slept like a normal human being, which is a rare experience for me. I am going to enjoy that while it lasts. I think it's already over because I didn't sleep much last night. Oh, no. But I will take it where I can get it. There you go. Nice. Comics. Let's talk about comics. Comics. Because uh, we've got another interview this week. Yeah. So did you read that, Andy Cat? Oh, you mean comic book. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no. Uh, no I, I thought we were talking about Rodney Dangerfield and oh, right, yes. stand-up comics. <laughs> I love that your brain goes there. Why, why? Instead of, like, anybody who's relevant now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. It's because he gets no respect. <laughs> yeah, true. I identify That's with true. that. It's true. <laughs> no, I love uh, Rodney Dangerfield so much. Uh okay fine. Let's talk about Aisha Tyler and a, and and a pardon on Cherla. All right, cool. There right. better. No better. You can do it. You've proven yourself. Good job, Alex. There fine. Good job. I will name two women comics of color for every one stodgy old white man. I name how's that acceptable? More than acceptable. <laughs> okay. Much more than acceptable. Hawkeye number sixteen. Before I dig myself into a hole out of which I can't escape. <laughs> Much like uh, a soggy muppet. <laughs> no, good oh, God. we're done with that. We are no. super done with soggy muppets, as I am the only one at the table who still doesn't know what the fuck that is. No, and I will I, not. I, I was going to say like our two Hawkeyes, but oh. <laughs> eh, eh. Or, or Hawkeye and Hawkeye 2. Oh, no. I hope that doesn't catch on. <laughs> it better not. No. Um. I still like the distinction of Hawkeye and the good Hawkeye. Yes. Yes. Without specifying which is which. Yes, I like that. No, it's Kate. Um. <laughs> I love Clint. But. but. <laughs> yeah. They're both amazing. Kate is better. This book was really fucking funny. It was. As always. As always. Um, unfortunately, it is our last issue. But Name. there's hope. There, there is hope. Is The letters page mentions that there's another Kate-related project in development. And this does end with not a cliffhanger, but a tease of what is likely to come. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So this summer we should see more. Yeah, I think they said August. Which, yeah. yeah, which is in the summer. I know. That's why I'm just giving yeah. you more specific. Gosh. Wow. Okay. And I'm going to cut that out. 
this week's this week's uh, uh, bespoke drinking rules. Every time Jin says, "I'm going to cut that out," and doesn't take a sip. <laughs> Damn it! Now I have to leave everything in. <laughs> That's not fair. Well, wait, have to or going to? <laughs> yeah, that. Volcano <laughs> los dos. You have the option. It's Schrodinger's drinking game. <laughs> if you feel like something is missing in your life, or at least this podcast, drink. I know it's what I do. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, but seriously, if you need help, you need to call somebody. You need to get counseling. Seriously, yeah, do, do it responsibly. Drink responsibly. Yes. N- now I feel like our two heroes. Is this the extent of your plan? Yes. My kind of plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that her plan for Clint was things that go boom. <laughs> yep, that's it's also likes. my favorite Jeopardy category. Yeah. <laughs> things that go boom. It's, it's definitely the category I'm best at. Yeah, as we recently established, it's advice my mother is always given. Yeah, is that it? Is that all we? Re- is that really all we have for this issue? I'm just, I know I'm waiting for the awkward silence because I like it at this point. Well, I cut well, it out is the problem. Yeah, it's, it's bad <laughs> podcasting, Brian. You recognize the goal is to fill the silence. Oh, right. right people yeah, are listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> Look, listeners, uh, we're really, really trying to have Brian uh, uh, housebroken to podcasting <laughs> by our 100th episode. That is our goal. We've Good come luck. so far. Good, Good luck with that. Right, I was just saying, we're not going to succeed. But it would have been nice. Oh, wait. Did you get not get my schematics for the uh, electroshock chair? Oh, no. I'll have to go oh. check my email later. No, don't worry. I'll break it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's so true. There is a mechanism for that. Much, much. Well, uh, we'll get to that in a later issue. I'll, I'll reference back to in a later issue. Okay. Yes. I, I identify that, with that. That's going to be, hold on, no, that, that is also a new drinking rule. Every time Brian is like, well, I'll talk about that in a minute when we talk about something else. Don't Every worry. time Brian tries his trademark call forward. <laughs> call forward is not a thing. Stop trying to make it a thing. It's never going to be a thing, Gretchen. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, this book, good book. Read this book. The yes. Hawkeyes teaming up is the best. I, I don't know I, what else to say. Madam Mask uh, and Eden. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know what? I like Eden more in this issue than uh, probably. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, because she's much more sympathetic. For real. Yeah. It's almost as though if people would just use their words and communicate, <laughs> then yeah. their lives would be a lot less stressful and punchy right, and that was, stabby. That was the best part of the whole fighting, issue. Like, everyone the... is fighting each other, and Kate's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to fucking talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere somewhere off of the distance, Nadia just goes, Yes. Huh. I do I do like the suction cup era. <laughs> Yoink. Pretty great. God motherfucking hawkeyes <laughs> i hate these fucking hawkeyes <laughs> yes oh. 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 are we gonna go spoilers on this book i was about to call spoilers for for a brief moment because i do want to talk about a little bit at the end there yeah uh so spoilers we find out that madam mask is apparently working with or for Kate's mother. Yeah. Who does not care for her running around in a Kate skin suit. Yeah, no, no. she doesn't like that at all. Uh, which, you know, I don't know anyone maybe other than her that does. Yeah. So. Yeah, everyone is uncomfortable with this. <laughs> yes. Take yeah. it off. 
take it all off? Oh, no, but nope. like not in a weird way. Like go change. Not like the kiss, kiss Clint weird thing. Or, <laughs> yeah. You you came dangerously close to making that issue very X-rated. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that did. And happen. also more weird. <laughs> no. Oh, sorry, sorry, Alex. That's you. Yeah. No, that's fine. You you brought me up to the uh, the line, and I I stepped right in. There yeah. we go. Yeah. See, yeah. perfect. So thank you for the weird assist. No, no worries. No worries. <laughs> um. Yeah. That. Mm, I don't even know what to think about that. But the second best part of this issue was in the drive in in the car when Clint's like, "Yeah, she kissed me. It was weird and gross." Kate's like, excuse me? Was that this issue or no, the last, was last issue? Was it last issue? Oh, shit. Well, I read both of them okay. to, like yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. Oops. That's cool. No, but you're that, right. was, that, that was. That was that's great. super awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for more Kate Bishop then. Yes. Damn it. Yeah. And somebody else we find out has abilities. Yeah. Like what the hell? That kind of didn't we learn that? Oh, oh no! I'm. I was thinking about Kate's dad, but yeah, we do learn. Yes. Someone else has powers. I mean, we're in spoilers. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's uh, I can't remember his name, but it's one of her. It's her friend, the one that she's kind of interested in. Isn't his name? Isn't everyone's name Jonathan? (laughs) Only the actual Wolverine. No, I know, but I thought that this guy was maybe. I don't remember his name either. Honestly. Uh, Yeah, it is Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, Well done. Damn, nice. I'm good. Every time I'm like, what is their name? It's always Johnny or yeah. Jonathan. You you had that one on the spot. Yeah. That's right. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of a shitty joke there. <laughs> <laughs> so was that. Um. What can I say? I'm really just full of crap. <laughs> All right, what's next? <laughs> Moving on. Wicked and Divide number thirty-four. Oh my god! I'm just gonna shut up for like twenty minutes now. For while real, you guys yeah. Go, this ah! is pretty much, pretty much. This was such a good issue of this book. Oh my god! Yeah, so not only do we find out a whole lot more about what's going on, just in the world, like we find out so much more about this world and why some of the things are happening. Yeah, the kind of origin kind of stuff, right? Sort of, yeah. And ish origin yeah. adjacent. I don't know. Something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and the origin or vicinity. Yeah. There you go. And um, not only that, like some of the things that we as the reader knew. The characters find out. Right. And it's it's like big, huge revelation shit. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Um, revelation shit? Huh? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Maybe so. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe so. Um, I'm three arcs behind. Uh, well, I'm really two arcs behind on this. So I'm just going to make a bunch of dumb puns that may or may not be applicable. So that later when I'm doing show notes, I know enough about what the fuck is going on to have something to stick in there without taking 20 minutes to come up with some dumb gods pun. Okay. Just okay. in case you're wondering what my whole role in this segment is going to yeah, be. And then I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> it's time to take a shot. <laughs> um, oh, fuck yeah. I don't even know where I was going. It's so good. Um, shit. No, I've lost my train of thought completely. Well, completely. There's definitely a lot to say when we do call spoilers. Yeah. Minute. But uh, yeah, 
we are in, and if you read the back matter, he tells you this. This is not really spoiler. They're they're basically down to like their last twelve. This is part of their like last probably twelve issues. Yeah. Oh god. So we are I'm like we're panicking with everything final, that still has to happen. Yeah, we are in the final story pieces. So in other issues, um, in other arcs, it has been like hard to read it issue to issue because it's like even if things were happening. It, I mean, it was still interesting, but reading it issue to issue didn't... It broke it up too much. It, it made it, it wasn't hard to concentrate. Yeah, right. I, I, yeah. But this one, I'm like, I need more of this right now. Please, okay, thank you. This is moving so fast, and there's so much being given to us in this that it is like, no, this was like... This it, is, it's this, like the first arc over. This is like when you order an appetizer for the table, and you get one of them, and you're like... Shit, now I just want more. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, one did so not. So it's like, do it that. is still hard that it's broken up into single issues, but for a good reason this yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. People order appetizers for the table? <laughs> yes, Alex. <laughs> Some people do that, yes. I thought it's just what you do after rehearsal when you're the only place well, open is yeah, Applebee's. Yeah, that's your meal at that point. Okay. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to get an appetizer and a meal, oh. sometimes it is okay to share. Sometimes you go, this is mine. What are you having? <laughs> <laughs> that is muy, muy acceptable. Sure. Yes. Yeah, Spoilers? Oh, uh, Are we spoiling? Alex, you might want to leave the room. Cause this shit is going cray. At this point I brought it on myself. I've had ample time to catch up. So uh yeah, this issue opens six thousand years in the past. And we find out There's a woman who looks exceptionally like a non Yes. And her sister. Who Probably also looks like an Anke. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. The first woman, she looks just like her. Yeah. But, so you're like, oh my. Yeah. Is but, this an Anke? Did she used to be a good person? Nope, because guess who shows up next? An Anke. Yeah. And in this um, horned skull helmet and covered in blood and with a dagger and basically has been chasing And a sack of heads. Yeah. And, yeah, and a sack of heads. <laughs> and a sack of heads. Wait, is this actually a six heads and a duffel bag fanfic? Well, I think there's four. There's four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the four, because there's a reason that for four. Yeah, yeah. But that we don't know yet. Well, we kind of are given that. So apparently... Well, yeah, so but we don't deal. know the full story. We don't know how they're Correct. used we, yeah. that way, but yeah. we just know that it's four. So... Essentially, what happens is we kind of find out that these people are gods, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And together they created, it sounds like, the world, right? Maybe? Or at least some. they had something to do with creation in some way. In some way, maybe. Because they, they talk about that they worked together to do that, right? Yeah. Well, so Ananke is has these four heads and is going to kill her sister and you get the impression she's doing it so that she can live forever. Yeah. Because that's what's going to make her immortal. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, that's, that's what it seems like is going on. And as part of this, in order to kill her sister, she kind of has to make a deal with her. Mm-hmm. And so they decide, okay, you know what, then we'll play, we'll start a new game and they come up with the, the with the rules and it's, the rules. It's yes. 
there will be 12. There will always be 12. Yeah. And, you know, she's like. Anaki gets to pick which ones and all this other stuff. Yes. Yep. But so like one of them is like, there will be 12. And then the other one gets to say, okay, then I get to choose who those 12 are each time. Uh, and then the other one says, okay, but my, my chosen is always the last one. Yeah. And, and is yeah. there every time. And is there every it's, time. It's not my chosen. It's, it's my what, God. It's my God. Right. So yeah, yeah. I got the impression that these gods are inside of these people. I, correct. When um, I, yes. Like, and, and, and they are the origin of them. Yes. That, uh, correct. Yeah. Also, right. I just want to talk about who this other God is. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't know who. Well, no, are you kidding? Her God? Yeah. It was kinda, are it, you kidding? It's. Persephone, yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. It's one hundred percent Persephone. She yeah. tattooed the fucking skull on her face. Right. That's what I'm saying. But like, I mean, who is? She? That's who her god is. But like, do we find out how, how that started before? No, even? no, I don't. Okay. I don't know that we're gonna get how okay. it started before. Okay, that was my. Like, if we do, did, I am these, totally on this ride. Two, but... Where did these two sisters and and that like? How did they get to where they were? Yeah, at? and how did they get to be grown ass adults and and all this other stuff? Right. I don't get well, it. It was but before I love these it. rules were established. Right. Which one of the rules is by the end of the cycle? If she get, she still has to have the four heads mm-hmm. to continue the her immortality, right? But and they all have to be dead by the end of that cycle before she can cast her spell or do whatever she has to. We don't know exactly what it is she has to do with them. Right. Yes. So that's why the gods always end up dying and why there's this cycle every. What is it? Yeah. Years? It's like they don't have to, but yeah. the gods inside of them might burn them up pretty Correct. much. Use up their entire being. Yeah. So we learn a whole of that at the beginning. Yeah. In like a few pages. Yeah. In like four or five pages. <laughs> it's like, damn. <laughs> this was a, this was a thick in content book. <laughs> then we cut to, um, the Norns and well, specifically Cass and Persephone. Locked up in the deity cage yeah. that Woden set up with John, who is, we learned last issue, Woden's son. Yeah. Which is where he gets all his powers. Yeah. Who is so Mimir. <laughs> yes. Um, Mimir Woden's son. <laughs> um, and John is... Really, really fucking smart. He knows a lot of what's going on, but in addition to that, like he he makes some really fun. I told Alec there's one comment that like one of the characters was talking about how everything happens for a reason, and somebody's like, "Yeah, this person always said that," and he's like, "No, that's not it, it, everything. Having a causal function does not imply purpose, mm-hmm. but everyone does something for a reason." Right. As in, there's always motivation. I was like, damn, that's... that's yeah, this that's kid is super insightful. insightful. But, I mean, if you've been sitting back watching life happen and not have not having it happen for you yeah. the entire time, I guess you would become pretty Could insightful. Be. Could be. But, uh, so we learned last issue that some of the gods we thought were dead are not completely dead. No, Suck it, Nietzsche. <laughs> um, three of them are now the heads that are needed for the uh, as part of the four heads. Mm-hmm. Except they're still alive. <laughs> yeah. Just like the ones in the bag were. 
We assume, yeah. Well, well yeah, she no had their mouths sh- right, she had sewn, their mouths shut, sewn yeah. up, right? So they wouldn't um, talk anymore. Right, because right. <laughs> they wouldn't shut up. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, it's a good thing she didn't need five heads, because then Roger Federer would be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, yes. And basically, Persephone figures out what's going on, and Woden figures out what's going on. Yeah. And now that they all know that, they kind of know who their real enemy is. Sort of. Persephone sounds like she's kind of figured that out. Yeah. Yeah. She and at least doesn't trust the right, the correct person. Correct. And so um, that's kind of where this issue ends, is where they all come to these realizations. And now... We're ready to just light this shit. Oh on fire. my god! <laughs> Burn it to the ground. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's gonna be so good. Oh, this was such a good issue, and and like almost nothing truly happened in this issue, but it just read so quick and <laughs> and kept you engaged the whole time. It was so and good. I love that the other two Norns were kind of involved. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Scales and scoundrels. Number seven. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Sorry, Alex. Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. This book so good. Read it, read it, read it. This is a cute little adventure book. We've already been talking about it for like six issues, but this is somehow we got to figure this out. Somehow this is the end of like the first story arc, but the first trade has already come out. Yes. So I'm not really sure where the first trade ends. I think the first trade ends with number five. That's weird. I'm almost it's positive. It's super weird that. because that's like right in the middle of shit happening. Having only read through five, it feels like an okay stopping point. Okay. It's when they get to the temple and the treasure. Okay. But then these two issues conclude that. <laughs> well, um, maybe there are bigger games afoot. Maybe so. Except there's nowhere to go from here that makes sense. Really? Then they can do the fun thing and go somewhere that doesn't make sense. Yeah, they're going to have to do that. Um, in this one, we get what happens after... Aki and Lou fall down the big giant tube. Um, Aki and Lou go down the hole. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it is one to five, so it included the last issue. Not this not, one, not, but the right. And, uh, not no. the last two. This is seven. Yeah. This is seven. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So it is one to five, right? God. Which is weird. That is super weird to me. But, and Brian, when you read this issue, you'll understand why it's super weird. Okay. Um,. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you other than it's real good and you get to see some dragon action. Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) not like that. Oh, oh, oh. Slap my tail. Okay. That's what dragons are into. Sure. Some dragons, I'm sure. are. Some are probably into soggy muppets. Ooh, that dragon's so hot. (laughs) I don't want to talk about soggy muppets ever again. Alex, what? All right. <laughs> Brian now knows what a soggy Muppet is because he looked it up and was wondering how a dragon physically could do that. Among other things. Yeah. <laughs> like, physically impossible for a T-Rex. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we're gonna move on now. <laughs> What's the next so book? Everybody ways. should be reading Scales and Scoundrels because it's so fun. It's so fun. Oh my god. It's so fun. Anyway, it is very fun. this book specifically yeah. is so fun. It is. Yeah, I, I'm, I just didn't get a chance to read it this week, so yeah. I, I'll be reading it. I'm sorry for bringing up dragon sex. It will be... <laughs> <laughs> Although I believe that is a <laughs> panel discussion at DragonCon. Probably. Usually, so, yeah. That's... Yeah. Doesn't surprise me any. Yeah. No crossover appeal with the furry panels and the <laughs> fantasy panels. I so... imagine a fairly large crowd at that one. There you go. Okay. I'm not being facetious or snarky or anything. No, like, I know. That seems like it would have an enormous turnout at DragonCon. Yeah. 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 yeah, it does. All right. Oceans rise, Gideon falls. <laughs> Number one. All right, this is the new Jeff Lemire book. Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. Yes. And let me tell you, that art is so good. Dave Stewart on colors. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um... This one is about a, this is a character that, that Jeff Lemire has had in his head since the 90s. Um, he did a, a short film on it in college on this character. Um, it's about a, a young man who has some sort of mental disorder, some sort of compulsion, where he goes and collects trash and sees a connection with all the different types of trash that he's collecting. And somehow, and in some way... This is connected to something that's going on elsewhere. Right? Is that in else? Gideon Falls. In, in Gideon Falls. Which I'm not sure if this kid is also himself in Gideon Falls or I don't think when he's so. on the street, it looks he like looks he's like, in a bigger city. Yeah, he looks like he's in a city. Yeah. Um and Gideon Falls is not. It is a small rural town. Yeah. With a little church and anyway. So this new preacher comes to Gideon Falls to take the old preacher's place um and shit gets weird like weird and kind of a in a horror way it wasn't weird already because it sounded kind of weird already i I say this as someone who has watched very little twin peaks but in a kind of twin peaksy casual oh hey the very first person he meets has inexplicably a hook hand that no one ever talks about well i mean why not some people have hook hands no sure but that's (laughs) Still, like, a very specific genre-style choice. Okay. At the same time. Yeah. I mean, I thought driving in reminded me a lot of, of, of like, Kyle MacLachlan driving in at the beginning of Twin Peaks. Okay. Like, I can see, I can see some influence there. Okay. It just seemed normal to me. I don't know. <laughs> I grew up with an uncle with one hand, so it's just normal. I get that. And I'm not saying it's not normal. I don't mean to be ableist. I just, I think it's a specific genre choice. And in interviews, he's referenced Twin Peaks. So Okay. Well, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So now I know. She does have a very cute kitty sweater on, though. She does. Wait, was it a kitty or a puppy? It was a kitty. It was a kitty. Yeah. This is really, really good. Wait, wait, wait. Is it a Mabel sweater? A what? From Gravity Falls. No. <laughs> well. I could pass for one of those, I guess. It's, it's not not Mabel-esque. Okay. Yeah. No glitter, though. No glitter. No. Okay. It doesn't plug in and light up, either. No. Got it. I need a plug-in light-up sweater. Yeah. I need it. Well, I don't care if it plugs in. If it's battery-powered, that's fine with me. Less chance to, I don't know, burn myself to death. Yeah. Mabel yeah. and Kimmy Gibbler yeah. both <laughs> wear yeah. light-up 
sweaters. There you go. I liked this book a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, this is another one I can't wait to This read. was really, really, really good. And if you're used to seeing Andrea Sorrentino's art, and I really enjoy his work, normally it feels like it's got... It's always hyper-detailed. It's got a lot of texture to it. But he throws that in a very different way that feels sketchy in a way like ev- nothing's mm-hmm. ever filled in all the way everything's right. got this like vertical striation to yeah. it that and this book does a lot of things a lot of really really cool things with like panel layout and stuff mm-hmm. where you know some of the panels are upside down the words are still right side up you don't have to flip the yeah. book because that's fucking annoying yeah. um <laughs> But the panels will be upside down, and it looks like, you know, while he's working at his desk, the papers are flying off, but really they're taped to the wall. It's just, it's really cool. Yeah. It's it's a really cool detail to have. Yeah. It's like building, almost like like this kid is like hung upside down on a crucifix kind of imagery. Because oh. I guess maybe, maybe we're verging on spoilers. I don't know. I always feel weird calling spoilers on a first issue of something like this. Yeah, I don't, but, I, and, and I don't think that we can call spoilers, really, because th- I have no fucking idea what's going yeah. on. But the central mystery of this involves the Black Barn. Yeah. And it's, it looks like somewhere between barn and almost almost like a country church, the way it's well, built. It's, it's like, if anybody has seen Haven, it, it looks a lot like the okay. barn in Haven. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and it is a lot like that in... In that it, it's not normal? It, and maybe it's not there? Right. Yeah. Or not there all the time? Yes. Or, yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. But it's building out this kind of specific religious imagery and right. all of that. That You know, there's the question of... At, at one point, this kid questions, you know, can he trust this therapist who seems to be on his side? Will people say he's crazy? Will people say he's not? Is this the work of God? Is this the work of the devil? He doesn't even Mm -hmm. know really whether what he's doing is good or evil, but he has to do it. Yeah. So it sounds a bit like I'm not a direct comparison, but the kind of the genre choices type stuff of almost like a Stephen King type. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. There's yeah. A fair amount of that going on. Gotcha. Yeah. It's a really, really cool book. Yeah. Hey Brian. Yeah. Talk about Dr. Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows, number one. Uh, or the uh, the Black Hammer Starman, as we yes, <laughs> Yes, indeed. Uh, so, yeah, this is the this is the new series. Uh, we talked before about how they're, well, kind of have the Black Hammer main title ongoing thing. And then yeah. he'll, he's going to have these others that, that come off. We've, they finished up uh, Sherlock Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, it it feels was, a lot like what Mignola does with Hellboy, where you just have a does. bunch of miniseries yes. in-universe. Yep. And tell me if this is a true statement or not, but it kind of feels like you could probably jump into any of these first and go back to the others. You can. Um, uh, it doesn't. The, the main storyline has a much more cohesive, linear kind of plot mm-hmm. where you're following and you can see these, these things building and that kind of stuff. These are much more, and both of these are this way, these are much more almost informational type, like world building, fleshing out. Yeah. I mean, there's stories within them and there's characters, but it's really almost like, uh, kind of almost like reading a who's who kind of thing where you're really just finding out a whole lot about 
a particular character and how they fit in. And you get to see some of the other characters that we know from this world. Kind of like an extended universe thing. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. Um, but this is all about, I mean, it's not even hidden anywhere. I mean, the person's name is, is Jim Robinson (laughs) in this, right. And he becomes Dr. Star, right. With this, electrified power wand thing that he has. Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) it's very intentionally referencing Starman and James Robinson who wrote Starman. Absolutely. All of that. Um, and yeah, the whole idea is, um, this is, this series is set a while ago. This is set in 1942. Well, it covers a couple of years as far as his origin and his doing research and stuff. But the the main piece of it takes place in 1942 when they're trying to make a decision of should they get involved, the, all of the heroes, should they get involved in the war? Yeah. In World War II. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Cool. And he comes in on this meeting of uh, Abraham Slam and Golden Gale and uh, uh, Wingman, who is <laughs> clearly Hawkman, right? Yeah. All of these, all of these characters that you, you, Almost no, right? Um, and they don't know who he is. So he's like in making his big entrance into this. Uh, and that's where we're at. Cool. But yeah, this is going to be another really cool, I think it's six issues again. Awesome. Yeah. And the art's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last one. We have our first... Like season two young animal book out. Shade the Changing Woman, number one. What did you think of this, Brian? Um, I'm wondering if Cecil Castellucci just uh, did some acid tripping and wrote this <laughs> book. Because, holy shit, it is like an old Doctor Strange or a oh, some of the the weirder shade books yeah. that have existed before. This is this is fucking out there, man. This is woof. It is the madness. <laughs> I really dug this. Uh I do not know, frankly, if you did not read the first twelve issues, how much sense jumping into some of this will make. Yeah. I think it might work as long as you can just accept, okay, there are some characters who are coming back who I just don't know. There's some stuff that's gone down that I just don't know. Right. But I think maybe if you're willing to suspend some of that coming out of Milk Wars, you could jump in. Um, let the record reflect that Jen did make a face at Milk Wars. Of course yeah. she did. Because yeah. it's gross. I usually just say something to go with it. I didn't want I didn't want people at home to think that maybe you'd become inoculated. Oh, it. no. That will never happen. Yeah. Um, I... I feel like in a way as weird as this issue was, yeah. and I loved the first the first run of this, mm-hmm. but I do feel like it was more linear in some ways at the same time. Um, I think there's going to be more direction in it ongoing. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that's, and maybe that's what you're feeling. Um, the first one just did kind of just jump around a bunch and it seemed like some random stuff just kind of happened. Well, I think it helps that this is streamlined to... Pretty much just Earth. Yes. Yeah. Um, I also think it helps that this doesn't lean as heavily into Rackshade's poetry at, to, to move things along. There's less sort of 
symbolism in the narration that moves. Okay, I'll give you that. I think maybe yeah. makes it feel a little more grounded, a little more tethered, at least for me. Um, again, not that I had a problem with that in the first, but I do think this feels maybe a little more controlled. I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. And yeah, so, and this one's a little interesting in that time has passed, right? Mm-hmm. We know that there's this time jump. In addition to that, I really, there was very clear the impression that in addition to that, more time has passed because she has had a lot of experience. She's yeah. gone all out and tried a whole lot of things. Well, and, and she's also coping with her original body having died. Yes. So time has passed for everyone and maybe more time has passed for her because of milk wars or just right. because of insanity in the coat or whatever. But also like in a, in a way her life is over, but also it isn't right. So she's mourning her death, but also still clinging to life. Yeah, she is. She has a great line in this. She's, she says, uh, also, did you know when life breaks your heart, you can comfort yourself with a little food and drink? It was delicious until it was disgusting. For the record, her drink of choice does seem to be Buffalo Trace. <laughs> does seem to be what? Buffalo Trace. Bourbon. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You see a bottle huh. there with like half of a buffalo and, and part of the lake. Race. Part of the, yeah. yeah. Yes. Nice. Indeed. Just for the record. Uh, I also think there's one really cool detail. And she likes smoked turkey legs. (laughs) That's my girl. That's right. Uh, And donuts, apparently. Donuts, yes. Mm, yes. He doesn't like donuts. Weird people. Cray people. Yeah. Um, The reason I had to stop watching Stephen Universe. Yeah. Made me want donuts too much. Yeah. Um, I did like one detail in this that I don't know if we'll ever see again or not, but I really, really hope the character shows up and like... Uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Yes, I, but yeah, I, her, I caught that. Her boyfriend gets a Green Lantern ring. Yes, oh. like he's going through the process of mourning, and he tells everyone off the alien, her alien, yeah. on, back on uh, what's what's the homeworld? I can't remember. Whatever it was, yeah. that place that they're from. Nobu Meta. is what's in my head. But that's all right. Yeah, Meta. Meta. Yeah. Yes. Um. He gets a Green Lantern ring. And I don't know if we'll ever see him again, but just, even if he's just in a background shot, I want to see yeah. him show up somewhere. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I really dug this. I strongly recommend it. If you haven't been reading this book, both trades of the first run of it are out. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. And uh, it, it, this is interesting. And I'm really hoping this uh, kind of foretells what all of the the young animal books, this kind of season two that you're saying kind of is in that it's definitely the same book, right? Like it's, it, it doesn't have a completely different feel, but there's something different about it. That's, I mean, I think that's, that's definitely the case from what we know. Yep. Um, and I think probably the other two books that will be more distinct, even we've got, Mother Panic going into her future by mm-hmm. 10 years. We have Cave Carson going into, instead of underground, he's interstellar now. Yes. Um, and if you if you read, Gerard Way has an editorial in the back talking about kicking off the second wave of this, the second season of this. And I think that is part of their mission statement Agreed. as a well. whole. Yeah. And I, uh, my point being, I like, if this, this this is a sampling type thing of that, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And next week we get Eternity Girl number one. Yeah. 
they released the variant for that. There's a good, good Polina Ganeshaw variant that is just gorgeous. Yeah, it's gonna be yep. this gonna be exciting. Anyway, real quick before we go over to, uh, is it still good? There are a couple of books that very briefly we wanted to mention. Yeah. Um, there's a Sea of Thieves number zero that. Does or does not exist? We're really not sure on this. can't figure it out. I mean, it, it definitely does exist, but I don't know if it was supposed to be on Comixology or not. But see, I'd... see if these quantum number zero. Quantum yeah. number zero, yeah. Uh, because I definitely did get it and read it, and it is in my book list. And when she told me about it, I tried to find it, and it's not there anymore. Yeah. So I don't know what's so up with this. I don't but... know if they oopsed and I profited from it. I'm fine with that if that's the case. <laughs> but that's a thing that happened. Yeah. But regardless of that, it did give us a bit of a taste of what's going on. Yeah. Um, we are introduced to several of the characters in it who will be the stars of the book going forward. As well as a bar that I imagine to be Anton Chekhov's worst nightmare. <laughs> The unfired the, pistol. The gun is there, but it will never the be fired. The unfired pistol. <laughs> nice. It has to go off eventually. No, it's magical. Well, okay, that's why it has to go off eventually, I guess. Yeah. Honestly. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And number one is out next week. Yeah. So we will definitely be talking about so that. So this then. week when you're listening. Yeah, this week. Two days from now if you're listening on Monday. Yeah. Um, it was really, really good and really interesting. There's a lot of uh, backup about the characters and their like their bios. Yeah. Which was really And a lot of those bios like if you if you go look at Titan or Jeremy Whitley on Twitter has retweeted them, uh they've released those bios definitely independently. They've sort of dripped those out over the last couple of yeah. weeks. Yeah. And I love that the doctor's bio alludes to the fact that there is going to be banana crunching. Yes. Crunch <laughs> those bananas. Yes. Yeah. Crunch them good. And I am in love with what's her name, Silver Tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's my favorite. I'm done. I don't need to read any more. Well, I'm gonna read. I do yeah. need to read lots more, but I do love her. She's yeah. great. That's all you need to read to make that determination. Pause for dog barking. No, the yeah. fucking mailman is here. Well, I'm sorry, the mail delivery person is here, and there better be my fucking new glasses in that mailbox. Do you need to go check? Do I need to hold No. Back? Are you sure? Yes. Okay. So mad. This has been an ordeal for me this week. Yeah? Yeah. My eye is twitching now. Yeah. They were supposed to be here on Wednesday, and they got delayed due to the, the northeast winter storms. And I'm like, they're coming from California. They're coming from California. There's no reason for them to be in the northeast. <sighs> And this is why we'll never have Warby Parker as a sponsor. <laughs> no, it's not Warby <laughs> Parker glasses. I'm sure that Warby Parker doesn't use USPS. This is why we'll never have the USPS as a sponsor. <laughs> and yeah, and many not, other reasons. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> lots of reasons for that. I'll take them over FedEx right now. Really? Okay. I like FedEx just well, fine. That's okay. Amazon's going to be doing a delivery service soon. So. Well, I mean, they, they deliver their own stuff for a, a lot of the cases, so yeah. I'm glad that after 98 episodes, we could return to our complaining about the postal service from our unaired pirate. Pilot. Our unaired pirate. pirate. Wow. Speaking of Sea of Thieves. 
Uh, no, we tied it back. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the unearthed, yeah, we, the unearthed we, pirate. It's just a constant battle with the USPS and our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. If you are a mail carrier, a letter carrier, a parcel delivery artist, we appreciate the work you do. <laughs> we do. Artist. We do. It's You're not a parcel. It's not it's you. A, it's the system. It's a PDA, a parcel delivery artist. Yes. <laughs> we appreciate you and the work you do, and recognize the difficulties that you must face working for the the organizations for which you work under the conditions which you do yes there you go it is thankless and we thank you if not your overlords correct very correct all right all right um the other thing we wanted to talk about jesus this is an episode oh. yeah it's have been, fun editing this yeah we'll see what all gets left in here <laughs> surprise Maybe drink giant swaths of cut surprise I'm, drink i'm yeah. banking on this episode just being like 12 minutes of us dicking around and then michael Moretzi. yeah uh prism stalker was the other thing we wanted to double yeah. back to we talked about this a few weeks ago we did do that it came out this past week yes. if you're listening uh, if you haven't picked it up and were on the fence, definitely give it a chance. Yeah. It is... It's good and gritty. Yes. Dirty art. I love it. Like, dirty in that it looks like the world is sticky and yeah. gross. Everything is organic and damp. And yes. Pastel colored. More neon, I would neon. say. Neon, yeah, yeah, okay. It's yeah. like a good blend of pastel and neon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a good book. <laughs> Neon pastel. Hmm. That's those, those colors go together. It's called the 1980s, Brian. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the the transition of 80s to 90s, really. Yes. All right. Yeah. Go Saved watch any AHA music video. Oh, that's I, true. Yeah, yeah, no, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> Brian's like, I fucking lived it. Yeah, I was going to say, I know it quite well. I was in high school <laughs> that decade. Thanks. <laughs> you're the one who made the incredulous face. Is it still good? Uh, Batman number 42, Jen. Is it still good? Yes. Next. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> if you're not going to say it, I'll say it. Batman and Selina kicked some fucking flash faces. I mean, Batman didn't kick any flash faces in this one. That's all Selina. It was all oh, I thought he got Selena. one of them. I no, thought Selena he got one and she got two. Three of them. I all... thought he got one and she got two. Oh, I don't know. We're going to have to look. What really matters here is that I will read one or the other of them kicking or punching Barry Allen in the face every week. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it was funny. This storyline, I got uh, about two pages in and said, where is this character? And yeah. we get an answer. <laughs> I will. By the end. I will employ one of Brian's call forwards and just say, at some point, I need to talk about my theory about them turning Barry into an anti-villain. Because I'm almost 90% sure that is, like, existence-wide what they're planning on doing. Oh. Okay. Cool. Uh, Batman, White Knight, number six, Brian. Um, Jack Napier reveals his true face. Sort of. Well, that's not vaguely uh, spoilery. Black Lightning, number five, well, Brian. That hints the sort of. Yeah, I know. We can spoil shit of this segment. I, I, I'm just giving a shit because it's been 20 minutes since I last bullied you. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. Um, 
Black Lightning gets set up, get the uh, gets set up to be pulled into a trap, and he purposely walks right into it. Cool. As a side note, just because I'm not sure we've said it, if you're not watching Black Lightning, it's very, very oh, good. Oh, it is good. It's real good. Uh, Deathstroke, number 29. Uh, things do not go so well for Slade in this issue. <laughs> and Rose gets a little something-something. <laughs> Exit stage left, the Snagglepuss Chronicles, number 3. It's time for uh, Huckleberry Hound to get his El Cabong on. <laughs> Harley Quinn number 39. Uh, in the battle of shark versus crocodile, we learn who will win. No. Justice League number 40, Brian. Um, you know what? <laughs> uh, the most appropriate story to happen in a classic callback headshot cover issue because it's a it, it's a story plot that has happened so many times in Justice League. <laughs> I'm going to exercise the option that each of us has to also give a sentence. Okay. The sky is falling. There you go. Superman number 42 am worstest issue of series in long time and does not feature terrible characters. <laughs> It's a bizarro nice. book, guys. <laughs> Damn it. Deja Thoris number two, Brian. Uh, Deja's crew goes goes out into the desert, and she learns one of the responsibilities of being a um, leader. Always name your horses. Uh, Shadow <laughs> Batman number six, Brian. Uh, real quick, this is the last issue of this uh, this Shadow Batman arc, um, and uh, Shadow learns to accept his his inner self and what he's truly after. He's all about that booty. Uh, East of West number thirty six. Reading this book issue to issue gets weird sometimes because you get long gaps. Um, but it is always very good, and in this case, that means seeing a whole city finally fall. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 797, Jin. What have I done? The J. Jonah Jameson story. The first J stands for... Jean Valjean. Sure. Because there's a lyric in there as what have I done, which is what have I done, okay. become a thief in the night, yeah. become a dog on the run. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. For anyone listening who doesn't have the libretto to Les Mis just in their head. <laughs> For like the two of you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who don't have sure. that on call. Only two people who listen to us don't automatically... We did know that karaoke for our cast party last weekend, and nobody knew the confrontation to do it with me. Oh, that's unfortunate. It was sad. That is sad. Instead, I had to do "What You Own" from Rent, and I had to sing Roger. Oh, yeah, that's the problem. I always sing Mark, and I had to sing Roger, and I don't have the notes for Roger. Certainly not after last week. Did I have the notes for Roger? <laughs> 
It was bad. Yeah. Uh, Avengers 683, Brian. Um, Jarvis knows what shit's really going on, and somebody gets exposed. Nadia's the best. Nadia is the best. Good, good <laughs> Nadia issue. Black Bolt number 11. Some people are not as dead as Black Bolt thought. Oh. My. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> if you look at the cover, the jailer's on the cover. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I haven't looked at the cover, so. Oh. Captain America 699, Brian. Um, Cap is stuck between a rock and a mean place. <laughs> Doctor Strange, damnation! Number two, Jen. Wong is pulling the team together. <laughs> pulling Wong. <laughs> In Soviet Russia, Wong pulls you. Ooh. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, but in that's what I just said though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um and Bats is still the best. Also, Bats has a cute little Spider-Man dog toy. Yeah. It's so cute. And and he chewed the little head off of Um Man Thank you, Reed. That's that's the part where I actually burst out laughing. That is the best way to handle exposition that has no purpose in the story <laughs> right yeah but that has to happen for the reason yeah so, so can you just like say it for his benefit yeah. <laughs> uh iceman number 11 bobby helps a mutant come out as a mutant cool uh infinity countdown number one <sighs> this is my favorite event since Secret Wars. Okay. And Logan gives his stone to someone. Okay. Like a penguin? Is, huh? it, who, is it who he's going to spend the rest of his life with? Logan passes his stone? <laughs> All right, you made it awful, and mine was adorable. Mine was about penguins mating for life, sir. In Brian's defense. And yours was about kidney stones. <laughs> he did use the exact same phrasing I used earlier before we started also so this one time i went to the chattanooga aquarium and visited their penguin display and there was this penguin named poncho who was trying to build a nest for this other penguin and she was just so unimpressed by his <laughs> nest of rocks Aww. and he'd come in and he'd drop in a rock and then he'd honk at her and then she'd just look at him and look away and he'd go get another rock and build the nest <laughs> further and this went on for like half an hour until the people i was finally made me leave the penguin exhibit where i would have just stayed poncho kept getting rocks going hey girl i know you like a rock hey girl hey girl you like a rock right <laughs> i got a rock <laughs> and she's like oh not those rocks poncho and then she starts singing scrubs at him <laughs> uh that's that's what that song was called right scrubs or scrub or i, I don't want no scrub i don't want no scrub there we go yep. thank you I knew I had it wrong. Mm -hmm. And well, I wouldn't want at Emma Haynes to get angry tweets. <laughs> I would want that. Do that. Uh, yeah, do that. Rise of the Black Panther number three. I love this book so, so much. Um, 
T'Challa deals with a sp- with a with a uh, spy invader, something who has a metal arm with a star on it. Hmm. It's Rocket Raccoon. He stole Bucky's arm. <laughs> that would not surprise me. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't need it. I just thought it'd be funny. <laughs> Rogan Gambit number three, Jim. Oh, man. Okay. Rogan Gambit experienced memory lapses and Rogue ponders why she ever chose the outfit with the flip-flops in the first place. <laughs> Did you see me? I punched myself out of my flip-flops. <laughs> that was just so fucking good. I'm, I'm really gonna enjoy punching a lot of you, Cher. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm 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 amazed slash impressed by your ability not to use the phrase "sparks fly" in this issue. Yeah, really? Are you though? A little bit. No, I'd be amazed if Alex let that pass. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> I not, mean, obviously, it's not really I'm so not much gonna. Me as you <laughs> wanted it to happen. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> She-Hulk 163, Brian. Uh, This is the last issue of this. Uh, Jennifer and Patsy chaperone a prom um, in order to predict a newly elected class president mutant. Um, And shit goes sideways, (laughs) as it does. Imagine. Um, And we find out that not only is Pretty in Pink Jennifer's favorite prom movie, um, but Bradley is the best, and much like Jennifer, I need sturdier furniture. <laughs> oh, the chair. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yes. I was like, wait a minute. No, no, no. What, are you giving us some insight? <laughs> no, 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 Brian, no, 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 Brian, no, no. Brian. Because I, I break chairs. It's like that episode <laughs> of The West Wing when Jimmy Smith's character and his wife break a bed on the campaign trail. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yes. That um, was so fucking good. Spider-Man number 238. Miles Morales sets the land speed record for taking down... A, well, technically, I guess the air speed record for taking down a Hulk. Uh, Star Wars number 44. The Rebels decide that they're going to liberate Mod Calamari. Okay. I do not yet know if it is a trap or not. <laughs> X-Men Red number 2, Jin. Gabby continues to be my spirit animal-themed ex-person. And... Brian's quote of the week. Well, hold on. Hold on. Let me finish. And we get a pretty cool new techno-mutant. Yeah, we do. Oh, we do. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, so... Uh... Quote, quote. <laughs> so Gene is explaining something and uh, Laura goes, I sense a butt coming. <laughs> to which Gabby responds, sensing approaching butts would be a super weird mutant power. That That's would be Jin's my power, power, though. Yeah, that would be my power. Yeah. I sense a butt coming. I sense a butt coming. And it is good. <laughs> we'll get to long box in a second. <laughs> no. Uh, ballad of saying number one. Uh, this is a mini series from Ed Brisson. If you are into like revenge 
like revenge kung fu flip. So you're gonna say revenge? Well, that was like, like no, that is not okay. Nope. Nothing about that is okay. If you're into if you're that, into revenge you porn, need to go get help. You. Yeah. yeah. For the record, that was not even a thing in my mind. Good. I thought you were gonna make a joke about the TV show Revenge. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Nope. Definitely thought you were going to say revenge porn. So maybe that's something wrong with me and Brian. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) My idea of revenge porn is sending people to links of people performing a soggy Muppet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, can we we actually change what revenge porn is now? Because that's what I want it to be. As revenge, you send the grossest porn to people. Uh, I don't know that that's the grossest part. It's definitely one of the weirdest. Okay. That's the thing. Okay, not as bad as I think yeah, it is. No. Just why and how? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So not- now, as according to panelology, revenge porn is sending people videos of a soggy Muppet. That is revenge porn. When they have wronged you, only do it when they have wronged you. Yeah, we could turn this into a whole bit, but it's it would just let's, go horrible, yes. horrifying places. So let's let's not, not do, that. do that. For once, the logbox spec re- book report is the better alternative. Okay, logbox so, book no, report. No, come log box on. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so I got the. BP- and now I expect videos of mm. of soggy muppets in my inbox. Mm, maybe no. Then I'd have to look at them, and I don't want them. Well, I don't know about that. Um. So I got the BPRD Hell on Earth New World. There's a lot of title in this. There's a lot of title in this, and I'm just going to leave it at that. But this was number one of five. Um, And it is Abe Sapien sort of checking out a lead that he has found in a small town where people are just like fucking vanishing. Um, But he does this without the permission of his superiors. He just goes and does it, and it looks like shit might turn bad for him. That's pretty much it. This is really good, though. Like, it, it was really engaging watching, you know, some fallout from some other B- BPRD stuff that I have read. Um, It's nice when you pull good things out of the It box, really is, it? but it's so hard to talk about it because you're like, no, this was good. This was just good. I don't know what to say. It's just good. Go read it. Um... I will say this. I believe this month is when the like paperback omnibus over like three trades to a collection or so of Hellboy stuff start coming out. I think so. And I am very looking forward to those as someone who is super late to the Hellboy game. Yeah. Yeah. It's good yeah. stuff. I haven't read a whole hell of a lot, but what I have read is, <laughs> is really, really good. Um, I say go get this book, honestly. Cool. It's already collected. This was number one of five. All five are out and collected. And it's interesting and intriguing, and I'm going to be getting the rest. Cool. Nice. Want to roll a die? If I knew where one was, yeah. Yeah, I'd do that thing. You want to edit in a sound effect of a die rolling? And nope. <laughs> this is the sound of a die roll. Nope. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no. Here, That's funny. It just says Brian. It's the same on thing it. on both sides, Brian. I can't <laughs> no, flip a coaster help. this time. I don't understand why our die keeps moving. I don't either. <laughs> and I can't even oh. ask. This, oh, you can't ask? No, because I. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, 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 no. Oh, no. Okay. 
I'm gonna roll a die. Who's what? Brian is odds and Alex is evens. Yes! <laughs> so You're sorry. very excited to have to do a long box. No, nope, it's a six, baby. I'm so sorry. <laughs> when she says Brian's is odds and Alex is even, what she means, not to mansplain you, but what she means is if whatever she rolls factors are all odd. Oh, no, no, no. Or if any of them is odd, it's Brian. Say, well, if they're all even, all if they're all even, then it's Alex. <laughs> No. So I really only have to do two and four. <laughs> nope. Six is yours. Nope. <sighs> All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> While I do that, weigh in on whose dress is better, Selena's or Kitty's. I haven't seen them yet. Oh. Uh, I have seen the preview for Selena's, and if they don't go with that first one, oh boy. Oh no, it's the fourth one. Nope. Nope. It's the first one. It's the fourth one. It's... They've shown final art. It's well, that sucks. I've only seen the preview, like, the the design sketches. That sucks. That first one is the best, though. Damn it. All right, I'm going to find I'm gonna find both of them for you, Brian. I haven't seen them. I have them both on my phone. Oh, oh Alex has got this. Don't you worry. I was prepared for this. Because <laughs> he thought that you were going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I hoped. Brian, this you haven't had Selena's it in, like, dress. the past few months. Quiet. Quiet. It's because you always swap who's odds and who's evens. <laughs> oh. Pass it to Jen. Hey, girl. <laughs> Pass it to Jen. Is this the final one? Yes, that's the final Was one. Was that Selena's? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, I don't okay. like it as much as the first one. It is nice, though. I love the cat ears on her veil. Yeah, that. Yeah. Let me see one more time. They're sparkly, though. Yeah. All right. And, and this is just great audio. You can clean this up and post, right? Everyone take a shot. This is Kitty's. I didn't say it. (laughs) That seems incredibly boring. I mean, we all know that it's Selena's is better, Oh, yeah, it's not even a contest. Yeah, Yeah, no. But, but, but. You can't see her butt. I mean, your mutant power maybe lets you. I can sense it. I can definitely (laughs) sense the butt. the butt coming. Um, But they do both. Also, I can see Kitty's underwear, and I'm not sure that that's cool. Um, they do both kind of fit their personalities. Wow. Right? <laughs> the bag tour. And the bag tour. Nice. Thanks for ripping my bag. Anytime. Hey, hey, hey. Stop making it weird. Hey, there's another bag inside the bag. Oh my god, are you kidding? <laughs> All right, then I don't care that you tore the bag. <laughs> you had to double bag that thing, huh? I'm sure it's bag. a very valuable issue of Badger Goes Berserk number one. What? Um, what the fu- oh, we bought, oh, we bought this. Okay. Unless that's Honey Badger, you're in a lot of trouble, sir. Yeah, yeah this was 50 cents. <laughs> Ooh, 50. That was double. Mm, it was probably half off sale. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. No, this was a dollar ninety five originally. <laughs> Not originally. Oh yes, originally. Oh god. Oh right there on the my, that cover. <laughs> um, my first is thought, a thing. My first. I can thought, sense a butt coming. Now hold on. My first. It's in there. Looking at this is chunks up with that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah, I stand by Chun's up with that. <laughs> Jin? Yeah. Your job this week is to buy a goddamn weighted die. <laughs> <laughs> or send me a link to one. It wouldn't matter because it would still I would still make it. Thank you. <laughs> I roll next week. <laughs> Brian, if you don't get next week's, I know that you have sold your soul to some kind of voodoo priest. <laughs> it's the one who makes them buy all the variants. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That, oh, that's the trade-off. Is that's it, the you trade-off. have to buy all the variants. I have to buy all the variant and covers, never and have then to do I the long box, box again. The box. Yep, that's how it works. <laughs> hey, guys, guess what? What? We're cutting to an interview with Michael Maurizi right now. And we are back with Michael Maurizi, uh, who is here today to talk to us about Wasted Space and maybe some other things. Thank you for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm uh, thrilled to be here. Yeah, it's great. Sweet. So, if you have read... Roche Limit, uh, or Reincarnate, Hoax Hunters, uh, some Hack Slash, a bunch, a bunch of things. Yeah. Um, you are familiar with Michael's work. Um, and we've got uh, a new book coming from you in, is it the, in, it's, it's in May, right? The first issue's in May, or is it late April? Uh, April, uh, April 18th April, is uh, the April, Wednesday. April. Yeah. Okay. Middle of April, yeah. Cool. Um, so why don't you, uh, let's start off, well, actually, let's start off with the usual question. It's been a long day. It's been a long week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know how to do this. We've done this before. Um, I had a friend who I just talked to. He's like, man, it was a few days ago. He's like, oh, it's been such a long week. I was like, it's, it's Monday. <laughs> yeah, that's been my week, yeah. yeah. Well, we're all coming off of different projects in personal lives and things like that yeah. so all day on oh, Tuesday yeah. I was like it's definitely Friday tomorrow <laughs> no. oh no yeah. <laughs> yeah when you're doing that on Tuesday that's rough yeah. Yeah. <laughs> last Wednesday to last Saturday was six weeks long for me so yeah. um, <laughs> let's start with the question we always start with how did you get into nerdy stuff then we'll go into wasted space you know, it's pretty, it's pretty, cause like I hear a lot of stories, like someone will be like, Oh, like my, my like dad was into comics or like my weird neighbor was into comics or, you know, something like that. And I didn't really like have much experience. Like I had, you know, my brother, my older brother shares, you know, my primary passion in life is star Wars. And my older brother shares that passion. He loves star Wars, uh, just like me, but he doesn't like anything else nerdy. <laughs> so, <laughs> he just like, he has a box around star Wars and he's like, other you nerd stuff stay on the other side. Um, but, uh, <laughs> well, in, but, in so, fairness, if you have to choose one thing, it's not a bad choice. That's true. <laughs> No, and you know, Star Wars can keep you busy for a life with with movies and books and yes. games and yeah. you know, like you can you can make a life of Star Wars. Um, and um, so no, so I think it just came to it by myself. You know, like I, um, it's funny. My mom, my mom growing up worked at a um, a toy store called Child World, which is like this um, midwestern uh, Toys R Us kind of. Uh, they went out of business a long time ago, but um, so she would get. Um, these are back in the day where before if something was damaged, you know, you sent it now, like you sent it back to the corporate office or distributor or what have you. Back then, we're talking like the early eighties, you know, like people just brought the broken crap back home. <laughs> you know, like so yeah. I would always get like, you know, these like half busted toys. And like I remember specifically, you know, having the Secret Wars uh 
the Marvel figures, which is like, I, and I have them still, um, as like my, my, one of my first toy experiences that I remember and like falling in love with those characters. And then in addition to that, she would also be able to get like, uh, like remainder comics and just like these random comics. She'd bring home like a bag and it would be like, you know, no consecutive issues, but it'd be like an Iron Man and a Spidey and a Batman. And like, so I just had these things because it was right. She started working there when I was like four years old. So like, it just like, right when I was at that period where you start finding interesting things to do besides like chew on paint and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, here's a bunch of like, you know, you know, Marvel action figures and comics and stuff like that. So I think that played a huge, role just being like exposed to it you know really early and then everything just kind of grew from there like I loved comics and I started you know reading sci-fi books and you know everything like that movies and TV and everything just kind of grew from just being around it I mean I think I would have found it eventually because I think I just have that you know personality for it Um, but that is like I think the like the alpha of like how all that stuff began that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really cool. It's nice to hear a different story. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much everyone else has just been like, oh, yeah, everybody that I know is into it. We're like, oh. Yeah. Or the cartoons. Yeah, we get acceptable. a lot of, I watch these yeah. cartoons. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Um, oh. So when did you make the jump from fan to wanting to do it, wanting to create stuff and be the guy who's writing? Oh, like all forever. You know, it's weird. Because, and it's true. I actually, um, so... Back way, so I grew up on the south side of Chicago, uh, which is fairly rough. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, not so bad. There's like worse parts of south side of Chicago. Mine, luckily, was kind of okay. Um, and I remember back in, it was in the uh, fourth grade, um, I came up with my own um, comic series, like my own comic strip. And it was about, it was a total Kevin and Hobbes ripoff because I love Kevin and Hobbes. And it was about a boy and his dinosaur. <laughs> uh, so totally different. <laughs> um, but <laughs> um, but uh, I would actually make the strips. I would draw them and write them and stuff like that. And then I would sell them at school. So I was like, you know, whatever you are in the fourth grade, I don't know, 19 or something like that. And, um, <laughs> and, I mean, it depends uh, on the area. Yeah. And how yeah, many guess, yeah, exactly. you Maybe in Chicago. I don't know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Bad, bad, bad public schools. Right. <laughs> um, so I, I started selling that stuff. And like, I mean, that was like my first brush of like making and selling comics and uh it's funny because my I, I would have i had a bag of change in my book bag and my parents found it like my, my mom found it one day and she thought like she's like was so concerned it's like oh no like he's like selling drugs or something like that it's like no first of all like i don't know how much my mom thinks drugs cost but um <laughs> so second of all yeah I'm like oh mom <laughs> um but it's like no i was just you know selling comics so that was where, you know, I, that was the first comics I'd made. I was, yeah, probably, you know, fourth grade. So I think realistically like 10-ish or something. Um, so, um, so yeah, that was the first time. And I always, I've always just been making, you know, stuff since, you know, comics or, you know, writing stories or anything. So that's, it just has stuck around. I feel like that's basically my whole life. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. And jumping all the way to now, let's talk about Wasted Space. Yeah. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of drugs, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you, you could make the argument that that comics are drugs in a way. <laughs> so. oh. Yeah, especially especially when you look at like the financial parallels between people who do drugs and people who make comics, and just you know everyone's everyone's just broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotta, gotta have that next yeah. issue, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, so Waste of Space is coming. Uh, you know, we talk about April 18th with uh, Vault Comics, who I love, uh, have been so good to me and so good to the book. But, um, you know, I joke about the drug thing, but, you know, it's basically like um, kind of tripped out um, Preacher is what I like to think of it as. Like we say, it's yeah. like, you know, Preacher if Phil K. Dick wrote it. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, and I mean, I'm a huge fan of both. Preacher is one of my favorite comics, and Phil K. Dick is one of my favorite writers um, and just kind of came together the, the, those two worlds match. I mean it has a kind of bit of Star Wars in it and even Battlestar um, but yeah it's about this guy who was like this you know galactic famous uh, prophet um, who gave the you know prophecies from this entity called the creator deliver them to the people and uh, the people you know followed his world followed his word and one day he gives a prophecy that is absolutely horribly wrong and the whole galaxy suffers terribly um, and now it's like his like a chance sort of for redemption even though he doesn't really want redemption um, so it's like this kind of odyssey of this anti-ish hero kind of shitty human being who has to figure things out um, and uh, along with like uh, this other sort of prophetish character named Molly Sue and his friend uh, Dust, who is a cross between a fuck and a kill bot, but <laughs> fuck with a Q, so it's totally okay. You're right. Yes. <laughs> now, are there also Mary bots out there, so, so you can finish playing the? Q? I know. <laughs> I, you know. Somebody pointed out to me last week, and I never, I never thought about that. I was like, you should have a character named Mary, and I was like, I was like, why? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's a, it's supposed to be it's a kind of a, you know a galactic uh, odyssey. It's a romp. It's fun. Um, the art, uh, Hayden Sherman and, and Jason Wordy are art and colors, and they're so good. I mean, Jay, Hayden is a superstar in the making. I mean, he just looks like a young, shaken cross with uh, Frank Miller a bit, and uh, maybe some Alex Maleev. Um But he's just wonderful. Just so good, so talented. I think he's like. Uh, he's like 25 or something. I'm like, oh, God, you're so young. How are you so good? <laughs> uh, but that would stand. He's still great and a very, very great guy, a fantastic collaborator. The, the whole team is. So, um, yeah, that's the, that's the book in a nutshell. Well, now, I was going to say, good. Vault reprinted Reincarnate for you. Now, how did you, how did you get involved with Vault? Um, oh, no, that was actually a heavy metal reprint. Oh, was it? Okay. Uh, that's, okay. I take the trick. But, no, Vault, um, it was interesting. So uh, one of the people who's involved in, like, the core of Vault is uh, my good friend Tim Daniel. We've done some books together, and he's done some books on his own. Um, and he was there, like, really at the very, like, inception of Vault. Um, and, you know, he was telling about it, and he was like, you know, pitch some stuff. And at that time, like, I was just um, – I was, I was kind of neck deep in early Black Star Renegade stuff, and I was busy with that. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll get there, I'll get there. And I was just not quite thinking about it. And um, 
I had this idea for uh, Wasted Space was one day I was, again, going back, going back to it's all kind of circling around drugs, but, like, I was super sick one day. I was just sick as a dog. It was, like, it was actually on Christmas. So that's why I remember this. And I was really sick, and I just, like, ha- had to hop up on all this, like, cold medication just to, like, get through Christmas and take my kids to their in-laws. So I was just miserable, sick, and I was going to my in-laws, and I was like, ugh. You know, like, so all these things were, and I was, like, just mad driving in the car. I was like, oh, I'm sick. I'm driving my in-laws. And it's Christmas. And I was just so mad and just like wasted space came to my head and like this like you know weird angry fever pitch and uh i i i jotted down and then like i talked to uh, to vault like the next uh a few weeks later and i was like i think this is good are you guys interested in exploring it and they were just super great about it um and um everything kind of developed from there like piece by piece that's really cool. I love this sort of like druggy space odyssey coming out of that place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My own Christmas odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had the chance to read the first issue. Um, and we've done each of us a little other homework this week, too, just to, to prepare. And one of the first things I think, one of the first things we talked about after you read it, and one of the first things I noticed, too, uh, was there are some similarities thematically with with Roche Limit? Yeah. Um, only maybe this is the the kind of funny madcap version of that, or at least the tongue-in-cheek version of that. Sometimes, um, but both of these books, if you're if you're listening and you're familiar with Roche Limit, there's there's a lot of you know idea of falling into oblivion and sort of losing who you are in that. And this sort of starts from that same place of just accepting it and willfully falling into it. Is that is that idea something that interests you, that you want to play with across multiple books, or that just happens to be complete coincidence and we're barking up the wrong tree? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's uh, These are things that, like, I kind of are in my, my, my sandbox, I guess you can say. Like, you know, it's funny. One of my favorite... Um, I don't want to say quote because I'm just going to kind of like uh, recap, uh, summarize what was said. But um, I love Mike Judge. You know, does like uh, you know Silicon Valley and Office Space and uh, Idiocracy. And I remember when he was um, doing like all the press stuff for Idiocracy. And this one thing that he said, he's like, they're asking him like, how did you make this movie and why? And just you know this kind of dystopian terrible future. And he's like, you know, he's like. I watch all these movies where the super, the futuristic is super sleek and it's clean and like you have all these advances and he's like, I don't know what makes people think we're heading in that direction. (laughs) 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 And I think that I I share that, that kind of feeling. Like if it's like this whole thing, part of the central thing of Roche limits, like I feel like in a different you know, a, a different perspective. Like if we found this habitable rock that we can go and we can build a kind of a new start on, like what would happen? And I think like someone like Spielberg, who I, who I admire would be like this, you know, kind of sleek, nice future where, you know, all these things are kind of happening and they're, they're well and good. But in my mind, I'm like, we would go and we would go and make the exact same mistakes <laughs> that we made on earth. <laughs> like we're no different just cause we went somewhere else, you know, like, and you just can't run from these things. And that's like, um, the main character, um, and Roche, oh my gosh, uh, whoever he is, that guy, um, <laughs> had the same problem. And, and Billy and, and, um, Waste of Space is the same problem. It's like, you're going to continue, you're going to be 
trapped in this like kind of cycle and the same problems that exist in wasted space mirror our own and I don't mean for it to be so topical where it's like like our own like right now I'm talking about just like the same things humanity's done forever you know that we just keep doing over and over and over and I'm writing a new book that like literally is about like cycles of um, the cycles of things that we just keep doing and how to kind of the hope in the next generation to get away from that and that's what like Molly Sue represents she's like that next that chance to do something different that hopeful future yeah, right. We're before before you realize this is no hope. No, we're not, not going to take this thing and and make it exactly what we already did, and then totally fucking abandon it. No, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, we're totally going to learn. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like no, it's not. <laughs> um, you know, so I mean, it's like you know, it's weird because we live in this like you know, you're looking at sci-fi, and I think that's the interesting thing. It's like especially now, I mean, the the, the rapidity, the, how rapidly. Um, um, technology has developed, you know, like it's, it's, you know, unseen, you know, uh, levels, but you know, the, that, that stuff may change, but the core of who we are is just not going anywhere, you know, like that we're going to take that with us. And it's always going to be part of our human story, no matter what kind of like crutches or, or, or advancements we have around us. So that's, it's just going to be the same. And I think that's the, one of the interesting things that I find when you're looking at, you know, through a sci-fi gaze, which is you're looking at the future. I think that's one of the interesting things is that like you can you can dress it any way you want, but we are still going to do the same thoughts, the same stuff. So, what what sorts like what sorts of other media have influenced your writing like this, like in Roche Limit and like in Wasted Space, like Expanse or or The Martian or any of the Kim Stanley Robinson books or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I, love, I love all this stuff. I mean, Kim Stanley Robinson, uh, especially. Um, you know, it's funny. I feel like um, when I'm looking at the story and like how how it's told, like I feel like in some ways, like I'm like the anti-expanse, and I love the expanse. Yeah. But I feel like so much of the expanse is like so much. I like to be really economical, and it was the same way I was in the the book that I wrote. You know. Uh, Black Star Renegades, it's, it's, it's about like economy of story and economy of world building. And I learned a lot through the expanse by saying like, I, I admire that and I like that, but I don't want to do that because it, it's like too smart. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know how ventilation systems work on like Mars colonies. I don't get it. <laughs> um, but like, uh, but like, part of like, you know, influence is like learning like what you want to do. But it's also like learning what you don't want to do. And that was a big part of it. Like I, I like being economical and that's one thing I want to do with waste of space. Like I want to be the world to be like economical and like told, like you get it as quickly and as succinctly as possible. Um, and Kim Stanley Robinson does that really well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's dead. There's no doubt that that's, there's, there's great stuff there. I mean, um, John Scalzi, you know, he has, you know, just a wonderful voice and a, able to world build so great. Um, you know, comics, you know, like Reminder is always a huge influence on me and I love his voice and I love the way he world builds. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of something else. That's that's all that comes to mind, I think. Well, you, you talked about learning things. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is you were part of DC's first kind of talent showcase building program, right? Their I was, development yeah. stuff. So how, how, what was that like? Uh, it was great. You know, I, I, 
I'm surprised, and I, this might sound weird, but I'm surprised I learned as much as I did because, like, it's like I was glad to be in it and grateful and excited, but like, I didn't. I, I went in being like, I've been doing comics. You know, this is after like I'd done. I don't know. I've been doing comics for a good five or six years by then. And I was like, ah, I don't know what I'm going to get out of this, but you know, I had an open mind and I was excited, enthusiastic. And like, I learned a lot, you know, I learned a lot. And I think those, what I learned, I, I don't know if this is the first series I've done since it might be, but like what I learned, like has a direct impact though on wasted space for sure. It's a, especially in how to, handle characters um that was one of the big things i learned uh, scott uh, snyder was the was the instructor and the way he handles characters and the way he taught it like really illuminate a lot um but just a lot of things in general like that i just took for granted or at least hadn't been as you know cognizant of it as i should have been um really really came out and it was it was a great class i learned a lot and like learned a lot from the other students who were in there and uh yeah it was great i think they've done it three times now if i'm not mistaken for writers maybe four um but it's it's cool it's it's a lot of fun and i know people are getting work you know my friend aaron just got work and i've been doing some stuff and i have some other stuff coming later and like it's it's just really neat to see like all these kind of younger you know writers you know who came through the program being able to do stuff and take the things that take those valuable lessons and hopefully you know make good stuff it's great that's awesome yeah, yeah. um you you've mentioned a couple of times now black star renegades i picked up the audiobook to listen to back and forth to the theater uh some so i've listened to a little bit of it i'm not all the way through it but do you want to take a minute and uh, talk about that some while we're here. I know it's not comics, but that doesn't oh, really yeah. stop us. It's yeah, it's super nerdy, so we're we're good. <laughs> um, <it's>, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a book. My my first novel is the first of a series. Um, it came out uh, in January, early January. Um, so it's still new. Um, but yeah, it's like a uh, it's a space adventure. Again, you know, sci-fi is kind of my wheelhouse, sci-fi fantasy. Um, but it's heavily inspired, you know, to Star Wars. People have called it a, a love letter to Star Wars, and I am very, very uh, accepting of that, and I love that um, that it's called that. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a sci-fi space adventure. Uh, it's about a guy. It's kind of like taps into Arthurian legend as well. It's about a guy who pulls out, you know, becomes in comes in possession of this, you know, powerful mythical weapon, and with it, he has to, you know, fight the uh, galactic power, the evil galactic power. But the problem is that he's like the worst person in the universe, in the galaxy, to have this weapon. So, <laughs> you know, so I, li I like writing about people who like <laughs> have power that they shouldn't have. <laughs> As you see, it's also in wasted space and stuff like that. People who, you know, I, li I find it interesting characters like people who like you don't expect a lot out of, but you know, surprise you and be able to hopefully do the right thing eventually. Yeah, I, uh, I hit that moment where he. He gets the weapon, and uh, we'll just say not his brother. And that was the moment where suddenly, like, like everything started to click for me. And oh, oh shit, this is not going to be what maybe for the first couple of chapters you think it's going to be in terms of 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 this particular character. So I don't want to say too much for anyone who is hearing this and wants to read it. <laughs> well, no. no. I'm glad you had that feeling because it's meant to be. It's like I've always said, like, while it is a Star Wars novel, it's also kind of an anti-Star Wars novel because something happens in the beginning that kind of deconstructs the whole, like, you know, that Luke Skywalker Messiah, like, mythos. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. it's, 
So like it's consciously like like as much as I love it, it's not a you know you know total you know facsimile of that. I'm also trying to do like you know some interesting things about like examining that uh, tradition that exists in other stuff. You know that whole messiah thing of like. Harry Potter or something like that. It, it's very prevalent, and uh, I wanted to kind of just angle in on that a little bit too. Yeah, like if you have the chosen one, what happens if the non-chosen one suddenly has all of that thrust <laughs> on him or her? Yeah, yeah, no, totally, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's sort of my favorite concept to read is the fucked up individual getting all of the power and how they how they mess things up and also how they come through in the end, like what, how it ends up. No, I love those stories. I, I, I totally love those stories. I feel like that all the time. Like I, when I get like a, a writing job and I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, they gave me too much power. <laughs> I'm going to hurt this character so bad. <laughs> well, their, 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 their arc of development is so much more interesting than mm-hmm. just the good guy who trains and gets better at being good kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, there's like, you know, you mentioned like, like, you know, I talk about Harry Potter like there's no like will he be able to do it it's like of course he will come on it's it's called Harry Potter (laughs) 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 so yeah no I mean so it was fun to write I just just turned in the second book uh, a few weeks ago so very cool yeah yeah it's uh, so far it's been a lot of fun so uh, one of the oh, other well, books, thanks. yeah, one of the other books that I read, uh, kind of looking at this, is I read the first volume of uh, Hoax Hunters, which was, oh. which is that it is that's a little bit different for you. I mean, I guess you could say it's kind of sci-fi, but it's really more that's really more like cryptid, kind of X Files ish, um, you know, not as much like science fiction, more sci-fi. But um, I, some of those characters in that were very, uh, very different, and I really, really like that. Um, you talked about specifically uh, the, the murder in that one. Which, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the back I was looking that like you would try to use that character like two or three times. So in projects that kind of, I guess, didn't come to fruition. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So that was um, uh, my friend Steve uh, Celia and I made that together. And like it was weird because like when we made this you're right. It was a different thing for me. So it was a really fast thing. Like, um, Steve Seeley is obviously Tim Seeley's brother, Tim Seeley of, you know, Hackslash, Nightwing, Batman, all that stuff. And we were out at a bar one night and I was still like in like nation comics and, you know, wanted to do something more and this and that. And we're out at a bar and he had a hat, he had a, backup and hack slash that had fallen through and he's like i really need a backup i want to do a backup and can you do it in like i think we had like two weeks and we came to, we like came together and we like made hoax hunters and when we made it it was it was so much fun and we loved it but then we started getting a following because then it became a series after as a backup we started getting this following all these people were like you know cryptid and conspiracies and i don't know anything about those (laughs) 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 Um, so it was cool i learned a lot like steve knows more about that than i do but even you know his knowledge is limited so it's cool there's all these like passionate you know like you know a lot of like parents normal investigators like you know amateurs sci-fi you know or not sci-fi ufo hunters whatever you know start like reaching out to us and i was like uh how do i tell them i like kind of just nod and look you know agreeable and um but um yeah so like 
what really kind of came out of that though, like, like murder was like really kind of something that popped. That's, I thought, I always thought that was cool. And you know, all those characters are all kind of like weird and they have their own, you know, difficult backstories as well. Um, like other stuff that I do, but it is definitely a different series. And, but I, I love doing it. It was, it was super fun. I like, you know, I like doing books to at least have like an element of being fun and cool and, you know, kind of poppy. And, um, that was kind of like I, I kind of wish I could have that one back in a way because I was I feel like I was like writing it I was so early in, in doing what I do I'm like man I would I would do that so much better now if I had the chance you know what it, it's funny hearing you tell that story that it came, came, kind of came together that quickly because reading it like one of the first things I thought was you really just feel like you're just thrown right in the middle of it it's kind of like the story's already going and you're just dropped in um, oh yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I'm guessing that was part of that, you know, hurry up and tell the story kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. If if I had it back, I mean, I'd like do this crazy thing called an origin story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like some sort of reason why this is happening. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's one of the biggest things I would have done. I, I would have I would reframe the entire thing if I if I had the chance to. And uh, I guess you never know. I mean, maybe, but like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that series, and like I look at, it, I'm like, ah, oh, I love it, but man, I wish I would have done, just done so much different if I if I had known. But it still is cool. It was fun, and it like opened up the doors to a ton of other things. So it's um, I'm more than happy to exist. I just wish I had done it better. <laughs> you know what though? I I think it serves as a real uh, kind of something you can look at and go kind of look at how you've progressed as a writer and see the difference between like wasted space and that. Right. I, I think. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. 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 No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I definitely have, you know, I still think I have a ways to go. I think I'll always have a ways to go. Like I always want to improve and get better, but like I definitely feel more comfortable and confident with what I do now rather than like, you know, I think the first issue of hoax hunters was like, I don't really I just wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Like there's so many th- things I was wrestling with. Like I-, I was like literally counting panels in comics, like go through comics and count all the panels. And like, I was like, okay, there's an average of, I, I don't know what it was, how many panels, like I got to get, like, it was just like, it was just weird things I was looking at and paying attention to that made no sense and had no, made, that didn't matter at least, at least. So, um, but yeah, I mean, now it's like, it, it would be a whole different thing, but it's cool though. You're right. I mean, I'm like, okay, well I think waste of space is a step in the right direction. And I'm, and I'm glad that it's, is what it is. Yes. Um, I think it's, I think it's interesting too. You can still see even going back to, even back as far as hoax hunters, some of the idea of the void between worlds and that sort of encroaching, encroaching death. You can still see where some of those thoughts begin and evolve from that show up in wasted space and that show up in Roche limit and that show up throughout even work now that you're doing. Yeah, it's funny because again, like all that stuff I would have taken back, like the I like the whole overall story that like you know, I had this like Bible written and all these things that like I had planned for, for the entire run for you know, thirty, forty issues, something like that. It gets really weird. It gets really sci fi. And I think those are the most interesting things and I don't you know, I don't know why I hit the ball as much as I did, and I shouldn't have, um, because that was the that was the cool stuff. That was the stuff that I loved the most, and I was like taking forever to get there. You know, and I think that like if I front loaded that, it would have been a better comic. Like, <laughs> 
it would have been two things. It would have been like giving a better introduction to the characters and like what this thing is, like the origin story, mm-hmm. and like start that conflict, the more interesting conflict, a lot sooner. Because um, those are the things, like you said, like that's my natural stuff, like the thing you see in Wasted Space or Roche Limit and stuff like that, or even Black Star Renegades. Like those things would have happened a lot earlier and a lot sooner, and I think it would have been a better story for it. Let's talk a little bit more about Roche Limit. Um, we mentioned earlier you got, or at least you got to announce today, uh, we're recording this on Thursday, you got to announce today that it's been, um, it's had a pilot ordered by Sci-Fi. Yeah. What's the, uh, I know it's probably super early and you're probably limited in what you can say about that, but what is... So far, that what has that process been like for you of taking a book that you've written as a comic and turning it around and turning it into something that would be seen on TV in a drastically different medium? Uh, it's, I mean, eye-opening, for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's so weird because, like... Um, so, so it's with sci-fi and it's, it's, it's so cool that it is, but originally, so originally, so like, here's this hierarchy, like if someone's listening who doesn't understand, like basically like when something's option, it's generally optioned by a producer or a production company or somebody like that. And then the production company will go and they'll go to networks, you know, they'll go to, you know, Netflix is now considered Netflix or NBC or sci-fi TNT FX, whatever. And then they go come together and, you know, bring in talent. So it's like, you go like production producers, network talent, talent being like writer director. Then you go get down further and further to actors and whoever, if, if you get that far, you know, it's like an inverted funnel at some point, you know, getting smaller and smaller. Um, so when we were first uh, shopping this around, like sci-fi was really interesting. This is like three years ago now, I believe, something like that. And sci-fi was like really interesting. They like loved it. And this this one guy there who um, um, just he, he, he brought in, he was passionate about it and just all this stuff. And then all of a sudden they passed. And it was a bummer. And then like Fremantle, who is the producer, picked it up and like, okay, we're going to figure this out. And then like two years later, it just basically like circled right back to sci-fi. <laughs> and, and they're like, we love this. It's like, you loved it two years ago too. Like, I don't understand why we spent all this time <laughs> to the same person too, the same, <laughs> the same exact person. And, uh, it, it, you know, sold to them. So now the network's involved. Well, that's a big step, you know, like things get optioned. That's great. But like the big step, one of the many big steps that separate, you know, comic or book or whatever from screen is, uh, having a network involved. Yep. Um, so, so sci-fi, uh, picked it up and they went to the next step, which was finding a writer. And they, they went with somebody that they liked, who I think is fantastic. His name is uh, Will Pasco. Um, and he's, he wrote, uh, the first couple seasons of, uh, Orphan Black. Yeah. Uh, he wrote, uh, Shut Eye on Hulu. Um, and a couple other things. Um, he's fantastic, a great writer. And he's right now, I just read the outline that he's doing for the pilot. So that was like the first step and, uh, some of the pilot too. And, uh, um, it's really, really cool. It's really cool. And, uh, it's cool. He's like, include me in this. Like I have no part of the writing process. He's just kind of like generous enough where he's like, you know, asking me stuff and showing me stuff. And like, you know, we've, we've met a few times. I really like him. I think he's a great writer. So, um, 
it's exciting. It's a cool. It's cool to see where this will go, and um, uh, I'm confident that he'll write a good script. And if he they, if he does, and everyone loves it, then they'll you know make the pilot episode, and then then it's like the next step is you know do we want to make more of this pilot episode, and so on. So it's still some things you know some hurdles we have to get through, but I think it's a great start, and there's really good people involved with Fremantle and Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi is a pl- perfect place for it, and oh, yeah. Heavy Metal is also producing, it and they're great. And we have we have Will, who I think is just awesome he's perfect for it he's a smart smart sharp sci-fi writer very that's cool. fantastic yeah. yeah i feel like we hear too much of like the writer has done this thing and then it gets optioned or, or ordered or whatever and then it's completely different or it's not something that they've had any sort of insight in whatsoever so it's really cool to hear that that you you two work well together that he lets you let you're not let you but he he cares about your opinion on these things yeah no you're right i mean that's i mean that's like what you described is you know 99.9 you know where it's like it fizzles out or something totally different or you know whatever whatever happens and like it's cool because like it's also a learning process for for me because will is so good and like the things i mentioned with hoax hunters like all that stuff that like i kind of backload is the same thing that happens roche limit not 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 quite as bad as is in hoax hunters i don't want to say bad but not as as much backloading in hoax hunters but like his idea for the pilot like really pushes a lot of things up and i don't think it's rushed i think it's like compelling like he's like you know this is what you do you know you have a pilot you want to capture people you want to hook them it's like you just make it as just big and dense and mysterious and cool as that you can and like i think he's i think he's totally right i think like you know thinking about it and looking at other shows and other stuff that i love i'm like yeah you totally have to like lay it on the table and um it's been cool like seeing his approach and like learning from from what he's doing it's 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 cool it's really cool and like what he's doing and like how he's moving things around and things he's adding and massaging stuff it's like it's pretty cool like it's like wow this is I'm kind of almost max. I'm like, mm, this is so much better. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little funny to me that you say that because I, I read Roche Limit when it first came out. And then last year I did this really dumb masochistic thing where I read a trade every day. And I went through and part of that, in part of that time, reread all of Roche Limit and it's a thing I love where the first time I read something, I'm, I'm, not totally lost, but I've got that little bit of fog of, well, what the hell is going on here? This world, I'm just in this world. I'm having to learn as I go. And the second time I know how those pieces work and I see how everything fits and I can feel more clever than the characters on the page. And I really dug that going through and rereading it, but I can see how, how on TV you don't want, you don't want necessarily that level of, 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 um, well, what did I just see? Yeah. Let me go. Let me go rewind. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. There, there are very few TV shows that can pull off the uh, you don't know what's going on yeah. thing. Yeah. But I, uh, I, I wouldn't call that a weakness of the comic at all. But I think it does make sense, as you say, that that reworking some of that, front loading some of that, uh, as as sort of an act of adaptation, which I always find super interesting. Um, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, I mean, if it's like, it's like, uh, if you are doing that mysterious thing or something like akin to that, like that, like almost has to be the thing, right? Like, like watching like Alter Carbon, like it's so 
goddamn bananas. Like that show is so. <laughs> like, but I'm like, and I, people hate it. I was like, no, that's like it's so. I, I don't even get it. I'm like, you're not supposed to. Right. <laughs> like, right. It's just it's just off the wall. It's just crazy and weird and like. That's what that's what it is. That is the show. <laughs> like just release control and enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved it. I thought it was just bizarre as hell, but like and all over the map. But I'm like, it's super fun. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I know we're we're starting to get close to about an hour. Um, did you guys have any more questions? I know you've got yours that you I've always got ask. My, I've you've got, got my typical yours. question. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to go ahead and ask it? Jen asks everyone this question. What is your favorite sound effect to write? Um, I like guns that go blam. Like, I don't, I don't like bang. Like, I don't like bang. I feel like it's so like, uh, bang is like, you know, like I just, for some reason, the idea of a gun, if you like really had a gun in real life and it was like, blam, blam, like, it's like <laughs> so ridiculous. But for some reason, I always, I always use blam. <laughs> like, uh, for so yeah, I like write it and I don't really have shooting too often. I don't feel, um, but when I do, uh, or when it's like, uh, I don't know how to say it, it's like, but a, but a B U D D A for mm-hmm. like a, for like a automatic gun. Yeah. I don't know what that sound would be, but like, I like that. It's like, but a, but a, but it just trivializes the idea of a gun. It's like the stupid sound that it makes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So I, I will ask a question that I've asked sometimes. So, uh, <laughs> any, any, uh, IP, any property, any character, any publisher, anything. If you could, if you could write, you know, one property or one character, who would it be? Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought that might be the case, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. I don't care what character. Nothing doesn't matter. Just anything Star Wars, I can do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, is there anything else coming up you wanted to mention? I know you've got a Nightwing issue soon. Uh... Uh, yeah, the same day as Wakes of Space, weirdly enough. I, I just found that out earlier. <laughs> um, uh, that's, yeah, April uh, 18th. Uh, I wrote an issue in Nightwing. Um, and then there's also something else I can't talk about that yeah. I, we're just on the cusp because that issue of previews is coming out. So like it or not, it's going to be <laughs> talked about. And, uh, um, but yeah, that's, that's the only, that's the big thing, but just, we're just like right on the edge of being able to mention that. Gotcha. gotcha. Right. And then of course, wasted space. When this airs, comic shops will have already put in their initial orders, but it won't be too late for them to adjust before FOC. Yes, you can always, they can always reorder. I mean, there's there's always flexibility there. Yeah. So if if you're listening to this and you think it sounds cool, I can tell you. I think and it is. Yeah. It is. It is very yes. cool. Um, you need that uh, kill and fuck bot in your life. Yes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've already had I've already had my shop order me a copy, um, and I've got it on my list. But uh, if you are interested in that, it's not too late to go ahead and tell them you want it. And I, I recommend you do that. And I'm not just saying that because Michael's sitting here on the phone with us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious, people. Go get yeah. those blue abs. Come on. The blue abs. That's it. <laughs> blue abs, if um. only. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to uh, talk to us. And if there's ever another time you want to come on and join us again to talk about other projects, we'd love to have you back. 
Yeah, no, I'd love to. This is great. And thank you for thank you for reading the issue. Thanks for talking to me about it and everything else. And this is a blast. I just I appreciate it. And thanks for talking kindly of the book too. That's that's amazing. Happy to do it. It was Very a lot of so. fun. Yeah, we yeah. appreciate you being here. Yeah. So well, thanks and we'll, well thank we'll, you. We'll talk to you later. Take yeah, care. talk soon. Bye. And now we're back. <laughs> Wasn't that fun, you guys? That was awesome. So fun. <laughs> Uh, and if you if you aren't familiar with Wasted Space, obviously go check that out. We all really dug the storytelling of that. Yeah, yeah the, permi- the premise and setup for this is really, really cool. Uh, it is. It's really good. If you enjoy charming assholes flirting with oblivion, and if you've listened to this podcast this long, we know you do, you really need to read it. Indeed. Yeah. Also, there's a fuckbot. There is. And a killbot. And it's, and, the, and same it's the same bot. bot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, his other stuff was really cool too. I like. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. All right. All right. Well, Jin wants to make an announcement. Jin gets to make this announcement because Jin, through magic inexplicable to me, has managed to make this happen. Yeah. So we don't normally like to announce things on episodes where we have already done an interview, but we do have another interview next week that I hope you guys will enjoy. Uh, we got Chips Darsky. Yeah. So, yeah. Jen got Chips Darsky. Yeah, Jen will we'll be okay. through, through magic that I think there's a reason why I keep getting the long box, frankly. <laughs> Jen no. spent all of her long box karma points on getting Chip Zdarsky. See, I buy the variant. That's what. So, Alex, that's why you keep getting the shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next week, it's just going to be like odds, evens, Alex. <laughs> Note to self write smooth boy badger fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Do. Oh, man. Please oh, do. Oh, Chip that will love that. episode is going to be off the chain. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, see. October is the tenth month. Of- Damn, we're not right at the midpoint. Otherwise, we could do this cool like October in April thing, but it's still going to be March. It's still March. It's still March. Yeah. Damn, Damn you, Julius Caesar. <laughs> yeah, that's the. We are super, super excited about this one, though. Yeah. Hey, spread yeah. the word. Tell your friends. Chip Zdarsky is coming. <laughs> Much like Brian Michael Bendis in every issue. In, of oh, my oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Like that is the most unsubtle thing I've ever seen in my life. Good lord! Alex just sends me a random pic this week. Bendis is coming. I'm like, DC, DC, come on. The funniest part of all of this to me, and I would not, I would not make jokes about it on air necessarily. Except the first place I saw it was Bendis retweeting it, making the jokes himself. So, <laughs> nice, nice. Well, he's, and, he's in on it. What I really like is, is it's it's over Superman, so it's Bendis yeah. is coming over Superman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. nope. Uh, anyway. Nice. <laughs> We'd like to thank Chase Parker, who I'm sure would love to hear his name uttered right after the phrase Bendis is coming. <laughs> for our intro voiceover. Now kind of in between it, which is even weirder. Yeah. He's sandwiched between Bendis coming. Uh, oh my god. And that's a soggy buppet. <laughs> nope, nope. The aristocrats? <laughs> the aristocats. No, that is sacred. That is sacred. You don't mess with the aristocats. You don't. Well, everybody wants to be a cat, but a cat's the only cat who knows where it's at. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh... 
<laughs> and where's it at? <laughs> we have been available on podcatchers of your choice, but after this one, who knows? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that the sanity police from Shade the Changing Girl are coming for us now. There's that word again. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, you no. can also check us out on PadologyPodcast.com. I'm Alex and also sorry. <laughs> I'm Jenna and also mortified. I'm Brian and I'm just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really, really expected you to say turd dog. <laughs> <laughs>